The WCC has a lot of new look stars heading into next season, and we're going to have a little fun today drafting our dream teams from the current pool of talent. Who's going to go first overall? Let's discuss. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. And while there is some Zags news that we're going to talk about on Friday, Marcus Adams Jr., who we talked about earlier this week, is going to visit Spokane. We'll talk about that on Friday. But for today, I am thrilled to be joined by Zach Farmer, my friend and the host of the unofficial WCC Hoops podcast. And we're talking WCC Hoops today. We're going to talk about some of the new players coming into the conference, what some of these teams might look like. And the way that we are doing that is by hosting a draft. Everybody loves drafts. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's very simple. I'll explain it really quickly and then I'll turn it over to Zach to kick things off. We're each going to draft a nine-man rotation. So five starters, four bench players, uh, one more player than Mark Few likes to play. I think a little bit, Randy Bennett doesn't seem to go nine deep all that often either, but uh, going to go nine deep here and just kind of talk about what our dream lineups rotations might look like for this next season, how many Zags are going to get selected, how many Gales are going to get selected. And uh, this would have been a really fun exercise last year when we had Brandon Pajemski and Khalil Shabazz and a handful of other really talented players, Cam Shelton at LMU kind of feels like a lot of those players are are, are maybe out the door uh, and, and maybe not as many incoming talent yet. But again, nobody thought Pajemski was going to do what he did at Santa Clara last year. So perhaps there will be some guys that we talk about today who end up bursting onto the scene next year. But Zach, I'm going to turn it over to you. If you could pick any player in the WCC heading into next season to start your team, who would it be? Talk to me about who you're taking and why. This one is almost really hard because, again, we had so many of the existing stars from a year ago leave the conference, the draft, they ran out of eligibility. And, you know, this is, I think I'm going to go with my number one pick is going to be Mitchell Saxon. And I I am going with the big man because there are so few bigs in this league. And you know what? I'm going to just take him off the board right Mm -hmm. now because we saw the development that he had year one. Uh, year two to year three, and I you expect kind of big things from him going in the next year too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Saxon's a guy that I think uh, could could very easily be WCC Defensive Player of the Year, All WCC First Team type guy. He was very high on my board as well. And you know what? I'm going to stick in the big man lineup as well. I think bigs are 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 more of a commodity. Uh, in the WCC at this point. Uh, and I'm going to go with the guy that I've been talking about for for those of you who are like really, really longtime listeners of not only Locked On Zags, but my days at Score Zags Score. First podcast I ever started when just my parents were listening. I was all about Anton Watson from day one, his true freshman year. And I'm going to take him here. I think he's so balanced. And I think you're going to look at a player who who contributes so much defensively already and is going to have an even bigger breakout offensively next season without Drew Timmy in the mix. Uh, you know, they bring in some other guys that I think might can, might kind of cut into some of his scoring, but I expect him to be a huge part of what Gonzaga does next season. I'm happy to have him here. Yeah. 
he was going to be my if it wasn't going to be Saxon, it was going to be Anton Watson. That was <laughs> my my back and forth. So number two, you know what? I'm going with one of the newcomers, but a very solidified newcomer. I'm taking Ryan Nebhart as my point yeah, guard. You know. like, like this is a guy we know what he brings. We know what he's going to be able to do in this league because we've seen him do it at a higher level in the tournament and everywhere else. Yeah, hard to not like Nemhard here. I think he's my top my top guard in the conference. Another guy who I think is is uh, I don't want to say a lock because you never want to say anybody's a lock, but it's going to be really hard to imagine a reality where he's not an All WCC first team performer. And in my mind, probably the odds on favorite to be the WCC Player of the Year uh, next season. At least in that conversation, there's a handful of guys who are going to be in that conversation. And look, if you're going to take a zag with your second pick, then I guess I got to take a gale with my second pick. And I don't think it's a big mystery here who i'm gonna go with the second best point guard in the conference maybe the first best point guard in the conference we'll see how it shakes out but uh, i gotta take aiden mahaney here uh, mahaney was just an absolute star especially in the second half of last season with the gales just uh, really cooked the zags in that second half of that one game and and showed some significant promise throughout the year i think for him to have grown from where he was to start his freshman year to where he finished it up the expectation for him as a sophomore is, is sky high. And I think he's, he's going to do some really special things next year for the Gales. Yeah. So, and there, I mean, we know the kind of the ceiling would, where Mahaney can go. I think yeah. we saw, he started get hit a little bit of a wall late in the last year. We started to see defenses kind of key on him a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I expect him to make that transition uh, going into the next year and yeah. make those adjustments. So, Trying to fill up the starting lineup, the starting roster. There's a, obviously a few ways to go, but you know what? I'm going with the guy with maybe who's going to have maybe more experience than anyone left on this list. And I'm going back to St. Mary's. I'm going to Alex Dukas. Yeah. This is a guy who is go- He's one of the best three point shooters in the league. We know the grittiness that he brings, the leadership that he that he has. Randy Bennett talked about just like that triumvirate of he, Logan Johnson, and uh, Kyle Bowen all last year, the leadership and what they meant. Him coming back, that's I'm going to take him as my third pick, and he's going to be obviously slotted that wing. I was wondering if we were going to go all Gonzaga St. Mary's in the first three rounds. <laughs> uh, pretty close. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that that Nembhard, Mahaney, Saxon, and Watson, like that made sense as a top four for me. I think Dukas is a completely justifiable pick here. He was the top kind of wing on the board that I had uh, just from, from the, what we saw from him last year. And I think the role that he's going to step into uh, with Kyle Bowen's absence for, for the Gales next year, but I'm going to break the streak as tempting as it is. There's a couple of Zags and frankly, a couple of Gales that are still pretty high on my list, but I am going to break the streak here. I'm kind of mentally deciding between a couple of players as I'm riffing right here, but I think I'm going to lean into the guy. Uh, Speaking of veterans, a guy who's been in college basketball for the last four years has been a double digit scorer in three of the last four years, uh, does a little bit of everything 15, five and five last year for the Portland pilots. And that's Tyler Robertson. Uh, Robertson is just so dynamic. Uh, I watched a lot of Portland games last year, not just against Gonzaga. I was at the game between Portland and St. Mary's, as were you, Zach. We were able to to talk at that game. And and Robertson is just – he does everything. And I think when you look at a lineup, if you had Anton Watson and Tyler Robertson in the same lineup, uh, and Robertson's playing a little bit more off the ball with Mahaney handling the point guard position, I feel like you're in a pretty good spot to to do a lot of different things and and can kind of have Robertson fill up the stat sheet – uh, in a variety of different ways, as he's done the last couple of years for Shante Leggins uh, and the Pilots. Well, five of the first six picks have been either Gonzaga or St. Mary's players, but... 
that is certainly going to change as we get further and further into this draft. We'll tell you how the rest of this thing is going to shake out after a word from today's sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is so easy to create a free job post, and then all you have to do is add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. And let's be honest, the right team member can have a positive and measurable impact on your business. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, folks, I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. Friday show, we got a lot of conversation about Marcus Adams Jr. reportedly scheduling a visit to Spokane, what that might mean for Gonzaga's roster next season. We'll cover that on Friday as well as some conversation about Chet Holmgren getting named to Team USA for the Olympic qualifiers, all sorts of fun stuff to round out the week coming up on Locked on Zags. But for now, Zach and I are going to continue our very fun draft of WCC players ahead of the 2023-24 college basketball season. So I'm going to also break, I'm breaking the the Zag um, Gale streak as well, and I'm mm-hmm. going to go off off of this and i'm going high ceiling on this one and i'm going javon porter at pepper nice later. i just loved what we got to see from him a year ago just how how skilled he was how quickly he was adjusting to the college game obviously we know good fam- great family pedigree mm-hmm. uh with his with his brother uh, michael porter jr like we know what like physically he can do and he's going to get a lot of opportunity at pepperdine to show that this year obviously with the amount of transition that they had in the offseason but yeah going javon porter at at that four spot you are killing me mr farmer because that is probably who i was going to go with next i hadn't fully made up my mind but now i'm looking at my sheet thinking yeah that's that's the top guy that was on my board so great pick there i'm excited about what Javon Porter is going to do with what I expect to be a bigger role uh, for the Waves next season. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with guards. Uh, I'm going to assume that since Robertson is a kind of sturdy 6'6", I'm going to play him probably at the three. Uh, and I'm going to go with Houston Millette as my next pick here, sticking with Pepperdine. Uh, Millette, a high-level scorer, uh, a guy who I expect to kind of take on a bigger role next year with, again, similarly to Porter with Maxwell Lewis out the door uh, with some of the talent that they lost, a guy who averaged – 13 points per game in each of the last two years uh, showed a little bit more skills as a facilitator last year. We did see a, a tick down in the three point shooting. He was 38% in that really excellent freshman year was down to 33% last year. I think we'll see a tick up there. And I think he's going to be a guy who, who really kind of thrives uh, for a Pepperdine team that isn't going to have quite as many playmakers on the roster this year as they've had in the past. Yeah. Again, like uh, that was another guy. It's like Houston Millett going to have a huge opportunity there in Pepperdine. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do next year. Um, so I'm going, I am heading north from Malibu and I'm going to be, and I'm going to fill out the rest of my guard spots. And 
I'm going with Marcus Williams at USF. Mm. I really liked what we got to see from him toward the end of last year. Obviously, he was sitting behind both uh, Shabazz and uh, Ty Roberts a year ago. He wasn't getting a whole lot of playing time. But once he started getting that those minutes, we really started to get to see what he could do. And I'm excited to see what, uh, what Marcus Williams is going to bring a, a year from now. I thought you were going to go with another guard at San Francisco, who I imagine will come up later in the conversation. But yeah, Marcus Williams was pretty high on my board as well, and I think uh, a, a guy who's going to who's going to put up some big numbers. The the guard development at San Francisco has been it's been tremendous. I mean, everybody's going to point to Jamari Bouye and Khalil Shabazz, but it's not just those guys. Marcus Williams is an example. Ty Roberts took a step up after transferring in from, from Wazoo. And I think we're going to see, there's some other guys who are on this list who I'll mention perhaps later when we're done with the draft, who I think could kind of take steps forward uh, for USF as well. But for me right now, I guess I need another big to round out the lineup here. I got a three guard lineup with Anton Watson playing the four. There are not a lot of great centers in the WCC next season. Of course, Drew Timmy being out the door uh, kind of kind of hurts that a bit. But I'm going to take the guy who I expect to kind of replace him in that spot. And that's Graham EK. EK, of course, missed all of last season with a foot injury for Wyoming. But before that, he was a Mountain West Player of the Year candidate, averaged about 19 and 9 in that season. It'll be interesting to see if Gonzaga kind of utilizes him in a similar way to Drew. Uh, if he's just a low post back to the basket score, if they try to bring him away from the rim and let him facilitate a little bit more. Uh, it's been a long time since we've seen him play competitive basketball. So there's a bit of a risk in terms of what he's going to look like. But Gonzaga doesn't miss much on their transfer additions. They don't miss much on their front court players. And I have a feeling that EK is going to put some really nice numbers together in Spokane next year. Yeah. It's, it's hard to miss. So long as like he remains healthy, we're going to see some big things out of Graham EK and it'll just be a matter of how quickly he can transition. All right. So speaking of the big, so now I'm moving on to the bench and I need some, I need a little bit more size. I want to have that backup just in case some guys get into foul trouble and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going with the guy who is very familiar with this league as well. Last year, last year of eligibility, I'm going with uh, Kelly Laupepe. I am Ooh. going back to LMU. This is, I mean, we know he's as tough as nails, as tough as anyone mm -hmm. in the conference. Um, and I just see him as going to be like a really good, like, second unit group with this guys and this is also someone who could obviously like slide into the, a starting lineup as well like so this mm -hmm. is kelly's like obviously we'd always talk about the hair and everything yeah <laughs> but but i'm going with um lalo pepe right here yeah i love that pick a, a stretch four guy who can really kind of uh, uh bring a lot of, uh, coming off that second unit so just just to recap real quick here before we finish out the the benches here the starting lineup for Zach's roster here, Mitchell Saxon at the five, Javon Porter at the four, Alex Dukas at the three, and then Marcus Williams and Ryan Nembhard rounding out the guard rotation. Man, that just saying that team out loud makes me a little bit nervous. That is a really dangerous squad right there. For my squad right now, we have a Gonzaga front court of Graham E.K. and Anton Watson at the five and the four. And then a three-guard lineup of Tyler Robertson, Houston Millette, and Aiden Mahaney. And for me, my first player coming off the bench, I'm deciding between two guys. I feel like I shouldn't take another point guard type player, uh, so I'm going to skip him, although we'll see if I regret that later. Uh, and I'm going to take another transfer coming into Gonzaga, and that's Steel Venters. Venters joining the team out of Eastern Washington, a guy that I expect to 
probably play the three. I think he he might end up playing some of the two as well. Six foot seven guy, 40 plus percent three point shooter. We've seen a lot of players come to Spokane and up their three point shooting. Uh, Malachi Smith shot 50% last year after being a productive three point shooter at the low major level. I wouldn't be surprised to see Venters be a, a straight up knockdown three point shooter for Gonzaga. I'm not sure he's going to provide a ton else to the team, but as a sixth man on this theoretical team, I think he'd be, he'd be very valuable. Yeah. Seal Venters. I mean, that's hopefully like it transfers over from the Eastern Washington experience and he's yeah. able to continue to, to play at that level. It, I mean, that Gonzaga roster is just going to be so hard to break for anyone on yeah. that team. Like just thinking about some of the other guys, obviously we're going to probably end up naming mm-hmm. um, down the road here. I start to think about because I need to now get back to the guard. I've got Marcus Williams. I have it, uh, Ryan Namor. I've got to kind of start to round this out a little bit more. And I'm kind of missing some size at mm. the guard spot. You're going to steal my guy, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going to steal my guy. Right here, I, I'm going back to USF. I'm going to Malik Thomas. Oh, I needed some guy. size. Not my guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. I love the pick, but I'm shocked. I need some size here. I needed to have that versatility at the guard spot. I'm going to Malik Thomas Mm -hmm. as I start to like really fill this thing out. Mm -hmm. Malik Thomas is one of my breakout candidate selections uh, in the WCC. I think he's going to be awesome. Top 50 prospect transfers out of USC because why would you stay at USC when they bring in Isaiah Collier and Bronny James and they get Boogie Ellis back? Like totally makes sense for him to hit the portal. I, I love this pick. I think Malik Thomas is going to be really, really good. Uh, but because I'm so nervous, you're going to steal my guy. Now you're going to make me take him here. Uh, another guard for my squad. And that is Mongolian Mike. Mike share of jamps uh, transfer from Dayton top 100 prospect who comes to San Francisco. Uh, he's a six foot eight point guard, which is why when you said it's a big guard at USF, I assumed that was the direction here, but uh, I'm really excited to see what he can say. I had the opportunity uh, I'm a Locked On College Basketball podcast a couple of weeks ago to speak to San Francisco's head coach, Chris Gerlison. I know, Zach, you've talked to him as well, and he's very, very excited about what Mike brings to this team, a guy who had a lot of high major uh, power five offers before he chose to go to San Francisco. And I think he's uh, he's going to really bring it for the Dons, um, Hope not just maybe not even for one year, but uh, if he stays for a couple of years, I think he's going to be a potential all time great for that program. Yeah, that that's it's going to be really interesting to see like make high upside. We'll see what he can develop into at USF. And then we know what USF has been able to do with development of guards. And, yeah. but again, this is a different type of guard. So we'll see exactly like how uh, he's going to uh, make that adjustment. But I, ex- I expect it to be pretty exciting to see uh, uh, Mongolian Mike make that transition. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So if I'm, I'm going to stick with the guards and I'm going with another one of the transfers. Mm -hmm. uh, And you know what? I'm, I'm going back to LMU and I'm actually going to take justice Hill. I like, he was really good at Murray state a couple years ago. Like he was one of the key components of that 30 win team that faced off with USF in the tournament. Uh, He was, he had really good performance in both those games. Didn't get the opportunity to really do much at LSU last year. Uh, So I expect him to have a big bounce back uh, with the lions this year. 
I, it's funny, Zach, right when you started talking, I was looking at my sheet and I put my mouse right over Justice Hill's name. And maybe I just had a feeling, but I, I think that's a great pick as well. I'm really excited. LMU added a lot of guards at four off the top of my head that I know of. Uh, obviously, Dominic Harris from Gonzaga is one of them. There's a couple other transfers uh, that they brought in as well from the low major level double digit type scores. And, and it'll be really interesting to see what Stan Johnson does with this influx of guard talent, how the, the depth chart shakes out. I'm I'm really curious because it doesn't look very obvious to me how that's going to go. Uh, and so I think uh, on day one is kind of when we're going to figure out what that lineup and rotation is really going to look like uh, in Malibu or not in Malibu uh, for, for LMU. But uh, a nice pick here. I think Justice Hill is going to be going to be solid for that team. OK, looking ahead for me here, uh, two more spots uh, to fill out. I have a couple options that I'm kind of debating on here. I'm going to take a guy that I think has a ton of upside, although I'm not quite sure what that is going to look like next season. But uh, if anybody has the opportunity or if anybody is feeling optimistic about transferring to Santa Clara and developing into a star, Brandon Pajemski obviously kind of set the path forward for that. And so for me, uh, Adama Ball coming from Arizona to Santa Clara, a guy who didn't really get a lot of run in his first two years under Tommy Lloyd and the Wildcats, but I think a guy who has a lot of upside. There's some risk associated here. Uh, you know, it's hard to know exactly what that role might shake out like. But again, Pajemski averaged about a point per game when he was at Illinois before he came to Santa Clara. If Adama Ball can even become slightly like that or just develop into a more well-rounded player with, with more playing time for Herb Sendak, I think this could be a, a really nice value pick here. Yeah, this, this, I mean, it's so hard to just think about like what the, just some of the new guys that are coming in yeah. and getting, I mean, Santa Clara also added a bunch of guys. I'm actually kind of like thinking about it's like, God, I haven't actually picked a Santa Clara guy <laughs> yet. <laughs> and, and with my last pick, I'm like, I, I'm debating between one of them is a Santa Clara guy and I, mm -hmm. and the other one, I think I'm, I think I'm going to lean going back to USF and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with the defensive specialist they have brought in, and I'm going to go with uh, uh, Jonathan Magobo. Yeah. Um, and what he's going to be able to bring in for that program, this is okay, one thing USF we talked about was missing a year ago was that rim protector because they had it a couple years ago with Masalski. Mm -hmm. He brings that presence. Um, and while I'm I'm looking at my roster, like Mitchell Saxon's a a good rim protector. This is bringing in another great rim protector mm -hmm. onto this squad. I like this pick. He was the top big that I still had available and I'm looking at a big with my final pick. So it's probably who I was going to select uh, again. USF did a really nice job in the transfer portal. I mean, here we are, we've taken uh Three, three of their players from the transfer portal this year in, in Magobo, in Thomas, and in uh, Share of Jamps. Uh, we obviously took Marcus Williams as well, but uh, really nice job for Gerlifson to, to clean up in the transfer portal. All right, I'm going to round my team out. I got four guards, two wings, and two bigs is the way I'm looking at it uh, right now. So I probably want to go with another big. And in theory, uh, a team with just Graham E.K. and Anton Watson in the front court is a little bit risky, especially with E.K.'s uh, injury history. And so... Oh, I'm debating. It feels kind of cheesy to go with three Gonzaga bigs, although that's kind of the direction that I'm leaning. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Ben Gregg to round out my roster here, my lineup. Ben Gregg, a guy who really emerged uh, in a significant way last year for Gonzaga, uh, was kind of expected to be the fourth big behind Efton Reed, of course, behind Drew Timmy and Anton Watson. Ended up pretty quickly passing Efton Reed on the depth chart by 
uh, the Phil Knight Invitational. He had a couple threes against Xavier and kind of cemented his spot in the lineup. And, and we saw him emerge as a, a better defensive player, as a stretch four. He shot 39% from three, I think, 37%, somewhere in there. And I, I kind of expect him to fill the third big role again this year behind EK and Watson. But I, I, I'm curious if Gonzaga will attempt any super big lineups with all three of them. I, I'd be a little surprised to see them do that. I think Watson has the defensive skills to play the three, but not necessarily the offensive skills. Um, but I do think that we're going to see Greg with an even bigger role next year, mostly because I don't think EK will play as many minutes as Timmy. So that opens up some more spots for him. And, and uh, I was really close between Greg and another kind of young big in the WCC that uh, we can talk about after this. Some of the guys that maybe just missed the cut, but uh, Greg's a guy that I think has a lot of upside uh, for Gonzaga going forward. Yeah. I, I really like Ben Gregg. It's like, he's kind of one of the guys that when I, when, when you see him like enter, enter the game, you're like, Oh no, that now we're in trouble Yeah, uh, because he's so versatile because he can go inside outside because he's a real, because he's a pretty good rim protector because mm-hmm. he can do all these things. Yeah. Ben yeah. Gregg is like, I'm I, the one thing I'm, and I think about this Gonzaga team and I've talked about it on my mm-hmm. podcast uh, mm-hmm. at times, it's just like the depth of some of the young guys and how much opportunity are they going to get? Yeah. Uh, because this rotation is just going to be brutal. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out. Zach, I'm going to give a couple names of, of guys that I think just missed the cut in my mind. And I'm curious if there's, if, if you agree with those names and maybe if there's a few others that, that could have in theory made these, these lineups or these rotations. Uh, the guy I was debating between Ben Greg was Joshua Jefferson at St. Mary's uh, Jefferson showed some glimpses last year. I think I know a lot of Gonzaga fans are going to remember his not so great performance in the WCC championship game last year. He had some turnover issues in that one, but uh, a stretch for a, a player that I think could really develop into something significant for St. Mary's. Maybe not next year. It'll be interesting to see where he kind of fits in, but but certainly a guy that I like for them going forward. Uh, Jun Sakyo was tough to ignore. I kind of felt like I was between him or Adama Ball in terms of like a high upside 3-4 player. Uh, Yo is the guy that I could realistically see playing a big role for Gonzaga next season, but I also think he could be somebody who's one or even two years away. It's just, it's, we don't know very much about who he is at this point. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and then a couple other names that stand out to me, um, Will Johnston and Justin Wright were both low major transfers to LMU who averaged like 14, 15 points per game at their schools. Again, I don't know who of those two guys is going to play a big role for LMU. I expect Justice Hill to be one of the starters. One of those guys probably steps into a bigger role as well. Uh, so those are just a few of the names that kind of stood out to me on this list that, that didn't end up getting selected. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there on uh, uh, Joshua Jefferson. I think mm-hmm. like there's gonna we're going to see some big things out of him this yeah. year. You got to see some of that growth. And yes, like there were still some of like the – uh, the freshman mistakes and whatnot, but you expect that from um, from someone who's in their first year of college yeah. basketball. Uh, I so I expect him to kind of make that jump. Uh, mm-hmm. Jalen Benjamin was another one going to Santa Clara that that was on my list that necessarily didn't necessarily fit immediately, but he's a guy that I think is going to be able to step right in and do. Again, we talk about how quickly Santa Clara has been able to develop guys right. um, under Herb Sendex. So I think that he's on that list. Uh, I'm going to give San Diego a little bit of love here. Like Wayne McKinney is still hanging around and, and he's going to be, he's going to get a lot of opportunity. This is going to be a very young team for San Diego next year. Mm -hmm. They have uh, five freshmen coming in and they did kind of like fill out like the two guards, two forwards and a center or the freshman class this year. So like they're, 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 
planning for the future, mm-hmm. uh, but Wayne McKinney is the present. So like, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity there. Uh, and then a guy like, I think is going to be going to take a big step because he's going to be in the starting lineup right away. And he was the last couple of years, but uh, Augustus Marshallonis mm-hmm. is going to get, I think is going to make a big leap. We saw, he could step into that larger role a couple of times late last year uh, when Mahaney was struggling from time to time, he stepped in and was really solid. Um, and I know like the coaching staff at St. Mary's is really excited for him, what he's going to be able to do this year. Yeah. I, I was about to mention Marcelonis uh, in my kind of last, last sweep of players who maybe didn't get mentioned here. Cause I think he's a, a guy who, who, could step into a bigger role. I think a few other names that step into mind. We we didn't mention Nolan Hickman, and certainly there's been some uh, some some discourse around Nolan Hickman uh, and and so his struggles, particularly late in the season, both as a freshman and as a sophomore last year. Uh, obviously, the Zags bring in Ryan Nemphard to play the point guard position, so we're going to see Hickman adjust to more of an off the ball role. I've postured on the show that I think that might be beneficial for him uh, and might kind of showcase some more of his skills. But uh, right now, he's there's there's some guards in the conference that I, I'm not surprised went ahead of him just because I think that he's it's a little unclear what his role is going to look like and and the production has been spotty at best uh, for him throughout his Gonzaga career and then looking at the bigs again uh, Santa Clara brought in a big from Virginia Francisco Cafaro yep. he's not particularly productive in four years at Virginia but he's a he's a big bodied guy good defensive player I think could potentially blossom a little bit uh, with the Broncos uh, similarly Lars. Thiemann, Thiemann, not sure how to pronounce that, goes to LMU from Cal. He averaged nine and five. Nine and five at the Pac-12 level is solid. It's Cal. They were not very good. And Thiemann is a particularly efficient scorer, not much of a shot blocker. So there's a limited upside there. But I still think a guy that that at least bears mentioning. And then one more guard that I want to toss out there, one Sebastian Gorosito. We talked about him before we hit that record button. But I was really impressed watching him run the offense for Portland last year in a backup role. He was an all-freshman performer in the WCC. And Robertson's still around, so I don't know what his role will look like exactly. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him be a, a really productive player in the conference next year. Yeah, I mean, there's so many guys who are going to be. It's just going to be really interesting because there's so many newcomers coming mm-hmm. in this year. And yeah. while like St. Mary's and Gonzaga might have the most known commodities, mm-hmm. there's a ton of talent coming in. And and the coaching staffs at like Santa Clara and LMU, mm-hmm. USF have done a great job to retool those rosters from known commodities a year ago to mm-hmm. uh, very unknown this year. Zach, thank you so much, man, for taking the time. This was so much fun. I'm going to post these on social media if you're listening to the show and you have an opinion about whose roster was better. Uh, we're going to post them up there. Again, it's it's a crapshoot at this point. I'm looking forward to, uh, to potentially revisiting this. Uh, at the end of the season and kind of seeing which players we were hyped about, which players maybe we were wrong about, how this all shakes out. It's kind of a fun mid-July exercise. And rosters aren't even finalized, so things could even change between now and the start of the college basketball season. But, Zach, always love uh, talking up WCC hoops with you, so appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today. Thanks for having me. All right, that's going to wrap us up for today here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Special shout out to Zach Farmer for jumping on the show to help me break down some newcomers in the WCC and take a look at how the best players in this conference might shake out next season. We got more fun stuff coming your way later this week on Locked On Zags. We'll talk about Marcus Adams Jr.'s reported visit on Friday's show. We'll, of course, continue to keep you updated on Gonzaga's roster into next week and any continued updates in the transfer portal. Zags playing in the NBA 
MLB, all sorts of good stuff coming your way later this month. All right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts, also available on YouTube. Go hit that subscribe button if you have not done so yet. For now, I want to thank every single one of you for listening and end the show as we do always with a hearty go Zags.